What's up, party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as five, six, seven, eight. That's right, it's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap, it's easy, and once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theataccounts.co.uk. That's theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theataccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the Ins and Outs podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom. What's up guys? Recently I've been working with an incredible company called Quiet Media. Quiet Media create beautiful video reels, vocal reels, self-tapes, music videos and many, many more. So if you're looking to capture your idea on a video or via audio, then Quiet Media is for you. Go to quietmedia.co.uk or find them on Instagram at quiet underscore media. That's quietmedia.co.uk or at quiet underscore media. Also, don't forget to tell them that you're from the Ins and Outs podcast to receive that special luxury treatment. I promise you, you will not regret investing in this company to help you capture your imagination or your creativity. That's quietmedia.co.uk. Pow. The Ins and Outs podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs podcast, I speak to my friend, Glenn Murphy, a.k.a. Pulse. You will probably know him as Pulse from Twist and Pulse from Britain's Got Talent. Uh, in this episode, we talk about his new film that he has directed. He wrote it. He did everything behind it called A Tale to Tell, which you can find on Amazon Prime and YouTube, make sure you go and check it out. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. He came up with the idea for this film on his own, got a cast together, got it shot, and got it released for Christmas. Uh, we talk a lot about the film. I don't want to tell you too much. I want you to go and listen and learn about it and how he came up with it and the process of making it. We also talk about what it was like to win Britain's Got Talent as part of Twist and Pulse and how that's affected his life. And some of the, the things he went through being on his journey of being a part of Twist and Pulse. Um, we also talk lots of rubbish. We tell some jokes. We have a giggle. We have a little catch up. I hope you really, really enjoy this episode as much as I did. Uh, please let me know who else you want to hear from on the podcast. Let me know who you want to hear for in, from for from in 2021. And I will do my best to make it happen. Let me know your thoughts on the podcast. Are you enjoying it? Please leave a rating and review on iTunes and Spotify. I can't tell you how much that helps me. That's what gauges uh, traffic for people to come and listen to the podcast. Uh, the more listeners I get, the more of a backing I'll have to be able to get bigger names, maybe some big celebs on there. Just more people on the show, I guess. Um, although I'm not complaining because so far, 2021, 
Brian Freeman and Glenn Murphy. We're doing pretty good. Uh, please be in, get in touch with me on all social platforms. Let's engage. I want to know what you like and what you don't. Anyway, enough of me rambling on. Here is Glenn Murphy. Boom. I need to do anything on my bro? side. I'm good. How you doing? Nah, just say hello. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, hello, I'm hello. good. Thank you so much for coming on. Now, okay. Do I call you Glenn or do I call you Pulse, bro? Whatever floats your boat, mate. <laughs> I feel like I need to. Call, I feel like I need to call you Glenn because because I know you as Glenn, but some people know you as Pulse. So, you Glenn's know, good I, but we're gonna go with Glenn. So everyone, I have the the fantastic, talented Glenn Murphy from who you will all know as Twist and Pulse. Um, yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure, man. We've it's been trying to make this happen for a minute as well. Well, too long for too long, but you know. We're always right like, now. yeah, we'll do it in person. We'll do it in person. We'll do it in person. And then I was just like, you know what? And uh, which I really want to talk about. I watched uh, the the film the other night, and I was like, I need to hey. just do it. I need to talk to him yeah. now. <laughs> so yeah, man. 100%. Welcome. How's how's things? How have you been? Did you have a nice Christmas? Um, it's been strange, as I guess it is for. For everyone, um, I can't say I had a great Christmas, but again, um, you know, you got to count your blessings and the things you do have, and it was good, man. I'm just, everyone's safe, family's yeah. all well, everyone's good. So, yeah, man, it was just quiet and different. I think is the word. But, um, just obviously looking for a bit of a brighter future, I guess. Really, <laughs> all good. How about you? Yeah, especially because just yeah, mine was nice, but I guess for you it was different, right? Because you're so used to doing panto. Yes, exactly. That's a weird thing, and as well, this was kind of one of those years where. I was slightly planning to not do Panto this year for the first time so that I could have the full Christmas mm. break and have the time to go see family and do the, I haven't just got Christmas day off and I have to see 75 people in one day. Um, so it was weird. And then all of a sudden I can see anyone. So <laughs> it kind of just stopped the whole yeah. thing anyway in its tracks. But um, yeah, but usually Panto is the thing. So I only have the one day off. So I'm on stage all the time over Christmas. So yeah, it's been a very, very weird, surreal kind of, month and year really <laughs> yeah and i feel like uh christmas when you have christmas day if you do panto a lot christmas day isn't christmas day it's a day off yeah you know what i mean it's, it's like everyone wants to drive back and forth you can't you can't right like, three o'clock in the afternoon you got a show. sleeping yes exactly crashed sleeping. out exactly so yeah, yeah it's one of those um, ones but again you love it so it's it's all good <laughs> the, the first year i i had a christmas off because I was doing quite a lot of Panthers back to back, I was really disappointed. I was like, I don't f like all of the lead up to Christmassy when you do Panto, like every day is Christmas Day, right? You're hearing yeah. Christmas songs, like happy people all the time. Yeah. Like Christmas everyone's in day. a festive spirit <laughs> every day. And then yeah. when I didn't do Panto, it was like chill until like the 24th of December. And I was like, all right, cool, let's get that Christmas spirit on. And then yep. I don't know, it just it didn't live up to the expectation that I expected it to, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think it's one of the things as well, unless you have kids running around, opening presents and being crazy, it doesn't feel quite Christmassy. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. don't have that. If you're once you're a bit older and it's kind of, you know, you've got a few presents and that's cute and you just look forward to dinner, socks. really. <laughs> yeah, you get socks. And, and, and Lynx Africa gift set. <laughs> Lynx Africa gift set. Jesus. <laughs> Yo, I, I heard it on another podcast, right? Uh, uh, two comedians. Uh, it's called Two Bears One Cave, and they were saying that uh, there should be like a website for women to go to to find out what guys actually want for Christmas, 
and vice versa. A women should do a website to find out what women want for and guys. And do go. not, <laughs> do not get yeah, a link yeah. to Africa. <laughs> Yeah, like, and uh, I, that would be the top of my own list. Like, I do not want a body wash gift set. Give me three pounds. Like, yeah, yeah. just forget <laughs> you know. it. Don't bother. The thing is, the crazy thing is, I got socks this year and they're amazing. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> they're like Captain America thermal. I've worn them every day. <laughs> they're like the best thing ever. So it's COVID weird that you do enjoy. It has to have an age bracket, I think, because it does change <laughs> what you appreciate. Yeah, if, if you were 14, you'd be like, socks. <laughs> yeah, I'm barefoot all oh, the time. Yeah. I just run around, mess. I don't care. <laughs> Isn't it? Whereas now oh, I want to be cozy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Now, now I want a nice dressing gown. Exactly. <laughs> what about New Year's? Were you still stuck in as well? Have yeah, you been yeah. On just your own chilled. the whole period. No, I've been living with two friends, which is luckily from the first lockdown. Uh, I've been staying kind of sixty percent of my year back and forth because I was living with my mum, who's now moved to Folkestone, so she's outside of London. Mm-hmm. So obviously doing gigs and doing like meetings and stuff, it was always in London. So I had a friend's house, which was my like London stay by when I had to be in for two days straight. I'd be like, can I crash at yours and go in? But that got so frequent because work and meetings were happening. So, you know, I was staying three or so times a week. And then kind of before lockdown, we'd just come off of our uh, Twist and Pulse tour. So we were still doing bits of like debrief stuff. So I was still here and then lockdown hit. And it's kind of like, oh, maybe I'll just stay here because, you know, you didn't know how long it was going to be. And um, yeah, it just three weeks. carried on, carried on till now, <laughs> pretty much. So um, yeah, I think I think it was good for all of us because you know it was a different dynamic and it just meant we had we had each other. They got a dog, which is the biggest blessing ever. Because it is the cutest dog. Oh mate, it's something else. That's the real reason I stayed. You know what I mean? Because I've adopted <laughs> it. I'm I'm the dog father, so you know I'm fully committed to looking after this little one. So that's been my life, and you know having the dog walks and all that stuff. It keeps you sane, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something a little bit of a little bit of a blessing each day to wake up to, which is nice. So so yeah, we're still we're been two, there. We're, we're two days into COVID, like lockdown, national lockdown 3.0. But I guess you've been yeah. doing lockdown for a while. What you been doing to fill your time? Well, that's why I did the film. So I tell to tell. Um, it was kind of my I need to do something. Like I can't mm. just sit here. And I I put out a documentary a couple of days ago, kind of explaining the thought process behind it. And it was a bit of like a I thought I needed something. And I started speaking to people to ask them, "Oh, do you fancy doing this like idea?" And once you got responses and realized that everyone feels exactly the same and just wanted something to do and something that was a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's where the kind of whole thing picked up and turned into this, you know, this full 40 minute like film because everyone was so invested in it and everyone wanted to be doing something creative and and just waking up and having the conversation about, oh, what's the latest bit about the song? What's the new choreo? Or, you know, send me a video. Like there was something to talk about again. And there was something that was like a buzz. And because the cast got quite big, you could you never had too many conversations because you're always speaking to another person. Someone else didn't know. And they're like, oh, I haven't seen that bit. And they haven't seen their bits. And it kind of took mm-hmm. over and it became having nothing to do till I was doing 42 hour days and I wasn't sleeping and I was sitting at the kitchen table and they were coming down from sleeping and coming down to breakfast and I was still sat there still working because there was so much to do. And when you have the deadline of it being, it's not a Christmas film, but because it's pantomime, it's Christmas about the whole magic of Christmas. I had mm-hmm. that deadline of I want it to be out by Christmas day. So I had yeah. I had the time to be finished by and when you have a deadline, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. So if I didn't put yeah. the hours in, it wouldn't have been done. So yeah, I crashed into that full time and that kind of, that kind of kept me going. And 
I, I think kept a lot of people going and gave us something to now look back at 2020 and be like, oh, it was pretty rubbish. But what about that film we made? That was pretty cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is nice. Like, a little stamp on the end of the year. Yeah. What? When was it that you decided you wanted to do it? Because obviously you already know knew that Pantos were cancelled and Pantos were like on and off, on and off, on and off, mm. kind of till last minute. Yeah. Uh, I kind of had a thing where when I talk about something too much, I start to annoy myself. And then I have to tell myself, make the decision. I can't go, oh, it'd be really cool. if you Imagine like what the characters get up to when they're not at Panther. Like what would Captain Hook do? Like it'd be so funny if you worked in Sainsbury's. <laughs> and then the next day you're walking the dog and you're talking about it again. You go, oh my God, oh, um, Cinderella works in a shoe shop. Oh, that's such a cool idea. Oh, what about Sleeping Beauty in a bed shop? And as the ideas keep picking up, I got to the point where I'm talking about it so much now, I either got to do it or stop talking about it. And... Mm. I think it was like, you know, September sort of time. I told myself, all right, I'm going to give myself an hour. I'm going to go lock myself in a room upstairs, write down a load of stuff on paper and then make a decision. And as soon as I made the t- decision, within three days, I had a full cast and I was I was making a film. <laughs> and that was so, it. It was like, commit. It was just do it. And that's kind what, of what, what was I'm your like. first, once you made the decision, what was your first point of contact? Like, how do you just go like i'm in my bedroom i'm gonna make a film where do you go from there because obviously you've got connections from being in the industry for such a long time and obviously having you know as twist and pulse as a name that carries a lot of weight like what do you go to first did you go to like management did you go to film production people like how do you pitch that idea no i went to friends really because the thing is once i when i see something it's kind of like especially with the characters there's a lot of people that i've worked with in panto like i'm living with lisa and johnny lisa's been aladdin in pantos for us you know three times or so already seen her do hundreds of shows and then the other characters that i've choreographed like snow white hannah's played played snow white for for me already twice and choreographed for her matt's played the prince so already when i'm talking about it i could see them i could already see them so I straight away just called them to make sure what I was thinking wasn't just me thinking this is really cool and really fun. And then you say, oh, that doesn't really make any sense. So I think I, I trust I trust my fellow creators first before I go to any kind of like management or business or you know anything like that. I trust the people around me that, you know, one, they're my friends. So I think they told me the truth. And two, like <laughs> I like the energy of creative people that go when they feel it as well, you get that boost of people wanting to be involved and wanting to do something. And I think as soon as I had those conversations and people started picking up, oh, that'd be really cool. And what about this? It's like, okay, nugget of idea. And it it just, it just blossomed like that. And, you know, there's a few people that I've always wanted to work with and never really had the idea for, or haven't had, haven't done Panto because like Alice Fern, for instance, you know, she's, she's been Elphaba for years and now she's in Come From Away, but because of the pandemic, she's not working, which is mm. absolutely gutting as well. And but she would, she would never be someone I'd have the opportunity to work with, even if she wanted to. Do you know what I mean? Because she would be in the yeah. show, she'd be doing something, or you know, you know, other people would always be doing something. And this was the first time no one had anything to do. So it was like, if I'm gonna get to work with a dream cast and get not just people that I like admire, but like be, work with people that I love and have friends around. Do you know what I mean? This was the yeah. first time where I could go, oh my god, I could put like some of my coolest people in one place. <laughs> And all get them yeah. to work together, and like I knew they would all fall in trouble, with, fall in love with each other <laughs> if I gave them the yeah. chance to. And this was the chance I had to kind of say, "Oh my God, no!" That person I kept talking about that was so good at that role, or that person that was like Jason who played the genie is like amazing, like his energy yeah, and sick. stuff. And I was just like, if you meet him, as soon as you meet him, his energy makes you like happy. Like all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, they're going to be so cool." And once them two meet, it's going to be like a whole different dynamic. So. 
that was my kind of first port of call is always go to your friends first. And, you know, if your friends back you, then <laughs> keep running. <laughs> so did you write the script alone? Yeah. Yeah. So I had, I had input from the cast and friends and mm-hmm. I was always brainstorming and, and, and doing stuff. I had a friend called Nick Robertson who helped me with like the last 10 minutes and, and kind of constructing the idea of the panto part of it and because it was it was like a panto within a panto it was very inception like it was yeah it was a lot going on to kind of set it in this new world and and let people figure out what was going on in a short film when you have a you know feature film you got two hours two and a half hours you can really you can really explain stuff yeah but short film you have to just get dive in so i wrote it as i went along which is something i don't normally do anything else i've written i had a script and i went here's the script what do you think and just tweak Whereas this was the first time as I, people said yes, like, so Aston, for instance, saying Peter Pan and him saying yes, I automatically, once I knew it was him, I could write it. So it fitted him perfectly. and made sure that, you know, he could, he could give it everything because it made sense to who he is and what he, he wants to do. The guy who played the Dame was like, I worked with him like five years ago or six years ago. And he looked after me the whole time. He used to bring me like sausage sandwiches in the morning and like cook make a tea at every single interval and stuff like that and he was like such a such a warm person and someone that I've kept in touch with since and he's played a dame for for years and years and years he's been performing since you know the 70s and um mm-hmm. he's got a big monologue in it and I literally said to him text me why you love being a dame you tell me like I can write you this cool monologue and make it sound all deep and like make it up and I can imagine what you think but you tell me why you love it like tell me why you've been in theater until now and you still do it he sent me this lovely paragraph and I used that as my thing and I broke it down and I took out the bits that, I, you know, and and spread out the stuff. So it, it all worked and it all kind of made sense. But I, at the end of the day, it was his heart in it. So that's why it felt real mm. when he spoke it. And I think that was what was very different with this, even with the singing parts. Once I knew whose voice I had, I was like, boom, I'm going to go here with it because they've got this type of voice and this. And like, I, I couldn't have been more blessed with the people that I had in the film. And like, credit, yeah. credits, like on them because you know you can you can write great scripts and great songs but if you don't have the people carrying it like you know i i just like i could have wrote i could have wrote really bad film and a really bad songs and they would have still probably come out pretty epic because of who was singing it no no Mm. i've seen cats the movie i've seen cats (laughs) oh no i I disagree I think that is um, <laughs> the only I disagree. thing in the world. That you can is... have the best cast. You can have the most budget. You can have everything. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to give you that. Work, that is 100% true. It don't true. work. When it don't work, it don't work. You know? Ouch. Yeah, man. <laughs> ouch. That's how I felt <laughs> watching it. I was like, ouch, is this I haven't watched on? it. I'm not going to lie. Because oh, of, bro, please because do. Because of how much pain I've seen from people I've ever. Uh, no, you I've need avoided. to watch it. You'll feel so proud of yourself. <laughs> you feel so proud of yourself you did a better job oh my god oh that's no bro funny, like i'll i'll watch the i watched the film you messaged me saying have you watched it and i was like i'm gonna watch it tonight so yeah. i was it that night or the night after whatever i sat there and i watched it with my girl I had a drink we watched it and i was just like i looked at her and i was like can we just appreciate that that was like written by like someone we know it wasn't like it wasn't directed <laughs> by like steven spielberg like Someone we know did that in like a short space of time and it's on Amazon. And like, for me, like, like you said earlier, credit where credit's due. Like it kind of blew my mind. Cause I was like, 
I, I remember us dancing to, like against each other at UDO when we were like 18, 17. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? And yeah, and when I was watching it, that's all I thought to myself was like, damn, like I remember doing duos like against him in the lineup and now he's just written <laughs> a film and it's on Amazon. And I never even knew that you wrote. Yeah, that's what's crazy. You know, that's you know what I mean? Like I, to me, you're to me, you're Glenn the dope dancer, like who <laughs> who makes clever dance videos you know yeah. like clever concept dance videos but i never not i never believed you had the capability i just didn't know it was something that you did but to write a 40 minute film and have the ability to get people and structure it all together that's why i was so fascinated with like how long did it take because i was like yeah. damn this must have been hours yeah yeah it was crazy no i appreciate that man and i think i think that's why this one i like i not I didn't plaster my name on it, but for the first time, whereas other stuff that I've written, it might have been, you know, Twist and Pulse production and, you know, it's with this mm -hmm. person, that person, and the camera guy's got like his film thing on it. And I never really realized. And, and this is actually our fifth, like our fifth short film. And when we did our first one, the thing I always remember, Chris Brooker's filmed all of our short films and is mm -hmm. epic, like so talented, so talented. And um, we did the credits for the first one and it had a script, it was original, you know, original dialogue, all that stuff. And um, I sent him the credits and he he did it, put it all together and put it out. And then I remember him texting me going, I felt really weird that you put me down as the director. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, because I was on set directing, but I just didn't see myself as a director. I didn't realize I was telling that to do this and I say it more like this, do that. It's just because it was in my head and I'd been imagining it for so long. And it was only him that was like, no, you directed the film. I just thought because he had the camera, it was like, oh, he directed it because obviously he came, he camera, he pointed it in the right directions and done the right things. He was like, I don't know what was going on. You knew the story and stuff. And that, that was the first time I started to take it seriously. And then this film was the first time I said, cool, I'm going to say this is what I do. And I am doing this now. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's something that's sat with me for so long and I haven't really gone full steam ahead. But this pandemic has kind of forced me to say, let's just do it man like let, let me just yeah. go all in and try and do this oh there's the beautiful dog just walked in <laughs> so that noise was just coming to say hello yeah door just opened magically um so yeah uh, so this is me kind of just show, showing kind of what i've been working on for a long time it's been years it's not something that's just popped out and i go oh, let me write a film for the first time you know i have been doing it um it's just the first time a lot of people i think are realizing oh my god he actually wrote that <laughs> yeah cool like it, like uh, like it took me by surprise like like i said i'm not saying i didn't think you were capable i just didn't know it was something that you you did do you know what i mean yeah, it's like yeah. and i'll yeah man like credit where credit's due is fantastic Thanks, was it man. difficult uh like arranging schedules and like getting the camera crew and like because obviously you had bly you worked yeah. with bass obviously that's bass and the hub that's two different I guess yeah. I'm not saying rivals because I know they're not rivals, but like they're two different yeah. businesses and you've got them to collaborate together. Like even 100%. being able to do something like that is dope because that's yeah. not something that happens very often in our community. Nope. Which was the whole point in the film. Like I wanted to make something that showed that the arts and the industry and that like we are all in the same boat. Like it doesn't matter what part of the industry, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, if you've got a studio and there's another studio like that studio is as much a, a heart and soul of our community as each other. Do you know what I mean? It's just, mm. you know, you do the same thing, but we're all promoting what we all love and we're all pushing to 
train people and educate and all that sort of stuff and it's all important and i think by having both of the studios in the film shows that shows that like we can come together this isn't about oh this one's better and it should be about this like base they believed in the idea and they came and invested in the film and from like one conversation and the next day they called me and just said no we need to make this because this is going to be important to people not just the people in it but the people that watch it back and they are going to they want to be a part of bringing everyone together in a time that has been probably the roughest it will ever be in our lifetime. Do you know what I mean? Especially and, in our industry, you know? Like yeah, especially for our industry. And for like companies like that and the dancers and, you know, just commercial dancers, people from film, people from TV, people from music, West End, like we had obviously like directs, like even Chris and Bly, um, like Bly was the director of photography and Chris was the camera operator, but working side by side as people that I would have hired individually, separately, but having them mm. come together as a team and do something, you know, as a unit, that's what this whole thing was about. It was about being a force together. Do you know what I mean? Being mm. like a unified, like, look what we can do when we all come together. So like, this is, this is something that can be done at any time. But it's taken yeah. this to say like, like just have a look man like just watch the film like that is my thing like even if you're not into it just watch it for the fact that like people from so many different walks of life but from the same industry going through the same thing join together to make something special when you know you could have been doing whatever other things and going through their everyone's going through their own thing which is why again this film is called the tell to tell and the sort of last story is called a story to tell because everyone's going through their own individual struggle mm. within this industry and within the pandemic and all the individual fairy tale characters have their own story and their own individual struggle but it didn't matter when you watch it do you know what i mean they're all doing mm. the one thing for the same goal and that's to find the happy ending and to find you know dreams always come true and love defeats all and blah 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 all the all the things that are always there in the magic of panto but the actual heart of it shows mm. more than that do you know what i mean the heart of it breathes that do you know what i mean the whole way through it and that's what i watch and that's what i see when i watch it and that's why I, that's how i wrote it was with that in mind do you know what i mean that the, the mm -hmm. heart side of it so that you know even though there is comedy and there's loads of funny little bits and quirky little moments when you actually like break down some of the stuff it's so reflective of what we're going through and what everyone's going through that actually makes me feel emotional just talking about it it's mad yeah. like it's hit me in such a deep place like like if you see the documentary i cry my eyes out in it because i'm literally thinking of all the people and like the conversations i've had with them and the things that some of those people are going through and they still came and done the film it's madness to me do you know what i mean mm. but they did it for the greater good and you know to, to show what were, we're all about <laughs> were, were there any moments in the process where you were like what am i doing i need like this is stupid like was there any self-doubt moments where you're thinking it's too late to turn back or can i uh it's hard because i'm i'm an all-in kind of person like i would have i would have made it happen no matter what it was just how i could do that without jeopardizing what i wanted to do in the end like what the end product needed to be and obviously we would the guidelines were changing constantly filming guidelines and i was having to reschedule like we had 16 days of shooting which for a short film is like unprecedented usually it's like three days mm -hmm. maybe two like a weekend mm -hmm. and that's the short film done we had 16 days because we had to break it down and make sure like if you've watched the film there's there's 70 percent of it is very like individual characters in their own little places yeah. doing their own things and then everyone comes together for the one big number at the end and mm -hmm. um that was so that we could carry on and 
like I said, that that film isn't perfect from what I know because I know I had to change and tweak to do because that person couldn't come to that rehearsal or that person couldn't come because of this and we couldn't do that because it got moved and we lost the location. And it's like there was times where like like I cried my eyes out. <laughs> like, like to yeah. be honest, like there was times where I had full panic attacks of like this is not that I can't do it, but like why is it so hard <laughs> like someone help me someone just give me a break like I was I was gutted for other people do you know what I mean like when I couldn't film something that like I told them about and then I had to cancel the day before and let it down it's like I wanted to say no it's gonna be fine I'm gonna still do it just bear with me but everyone did and that's what like luckily like I said I had the blessing of the people like having the friends and the talent and the people like that they stuck with me even when I was like just trust me like I cannot tell you that yeah 99% of the cast had no idea what the film was about until they watched it <laughs> really yeah some people hadn't heard the whole song like the first song or the last song until the film the dame the guy who played the dame every single time we had a shoot with him we had like three shoots with him and after everything he was like, I have no idea what I'm talking about in any of this because I explained enough for him to understand the character and what he needed to feel and why he was in his specific moment, but he didn't realize the bigger picture of what that moment meant for the rest of the characters. But I just didn't have the time to sit everyone down and have a lovely read through and everyone talk about the story and break down yeah, the there's characters. No script read sessions. I had nothing to do like that. So I had to, everyone just had to trust me and, you know, I had to give them enough to be able to do what they do best and, um, yeah, roll with it from there, I guess. But yeah, COVID mm. was a nightmare, man. It was hard what was the rehearsal period like like obviously you struggle to get people together did you do like zoom rehearsals or send Maybe. video footage or was it just all like get there figure it out go that 12 minute number was one rehearsal in base we had every studio in base so we split up into all different studios we were singing calls in one dancing calls in others flawless had one and then we were filming behind the scenes in another costume trying on in one, all in the one studio and it was one day to learn everything and then everyone had just videos of the accounts break it down and then on the day of shooting when you weren't on stage you were off stage going through it like but that's what I mean by when I say like the caliber of people we had is the only reason that was able to happen <laughs> because yeah. of who we had like even with the songs like you know that we're showing up to recording and they've only heard a voice note of their their line or their verse or they've got the mm. sheet music you know but I had people that could come in and read the sheet music and know what their harmony is and do it and it's like if I didn't have that, I would have been <laughs> completely screwed, completely yeah. screwed. Like recording sessions, we had to have like eight recording sessions because we could only have a certain amount of people in the studio each time, one at a time. When I had like layered harmonies, loved to, I would have loved to get a big studio and get like eight of them in a room around like mics and singing like all the harmony bits. It'd be easy. Well, I couldn't do that. I had to do one at a time. And it was like, we fought through so many things like that to make this happen. And, um, yeah, it was it was madness, absolute madness. With the with forever. the song, <laughs> did you write the songs yourself? Yeah, so I had a, a guy called Nick Barstow, who's an incredible MD, who I'd seen work um, with Alice and a couple of other people online through the pandemic, and I heard him do a few originals, and I just wanted to put myself, take myself out of my comfort zone, and and I don't know why I chose someone I'd never met before, but I just liked his style and his. He was known for kind of doing like not remixes, but he'd rearrange famous songs and blend different mm -hmm. musical songs together and change the arrangements. And like, 
I just found that very much like with soundtracks, you know, we're like mixing and chopping up songs and me and Ash's stuff is very mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, that's kind of the musical version of it. And um, I just sent him a message. I go, it's a crazy idea. Let, do you want to write a song? And he was like, yeah. And I literally met up with him and we had a COVID secure kind of like meeting and we just wrote and I had all these random voice notes because my thing is I, I just record lines of whatever the like melody is. And then I roll up and I say, this is how it needs to feel. Like I go by feel. I, I'm not technical. I don't know the notes. I don't know. I need to go from a C minor into an A. I have no idea what any of that means, which is why I needed someone with his skills and his, you know, mm. he can he can just put his hands on the piano and it sounds beautiful no matter what it is. I needed to make sure it felt how I needed it to feel before that. And once I kind of just, we dove in, it just started to, to to roll out. And again, like we pushed each other, I think, in different ways in terms of like writing, because I've always written music, again, something that like I don't really talk about, but I've always written songs, pop songs and R&B songs and tracks for people that, you know, might be putting out like stuff for themselves and artists, but musical stuff is something I've always wanted to be in and I've always written it but I've just never had an outlet for it I guess until mm. I did I did the Christmas Spirit film which is Twist and Pulse the last, the last short film from 2017 I think it was and that was my first taste of like actually fully producing it and like making it so then this time it was like okay let me try and push the bar even more and I love the traditional musical feel I love what like the West End like represents I love that whole like the grandeur of it but I like making it quirky and like I don't want to make it modern that's not my thing I, li- I like the traditional side of it but I like to just make it a bit weird and a bit different and throw the kind of the chop up of the music or the change in like the melody yeah. and like I said because because we're dancers music is you know that's what it makes you feel like <laughs> so I need to stand up when I'm singing it and and know that if I'm the character and I'm doing all the hands and the greatest showman arms and stuff I need to know that that character's going to feel like that when they're singing it. And I'm like, that's that's when I know it works. I might not might not know what the notes are, if it sounds right just yet, but I know that it feels right. So even if you had your eyes closed, you'd be like, ooh, shoulders are moving, head's moving, yeah. okay. <laughs> I There's a reaction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, some stuff you can hear from the other room and you might not be able to hear the lyrics, but you can feel what it feels like before you go in. And that's what makes mm-hmm. you go, oh, my body's already, already moving before I yeah, even know. Yeah. And that was my big thing with like the final number. Like I wanted it all to be one song. It's 12 minutes. It's all the same tempo, but it changes. But you just feel the change. Like it's natural mm-hmm. that it goes there. It doesn't feel like, oh, you've just thrown in a random song. Oh, different yeah. melody. Where's that come not from? Like, not like that uh, awkward DJ at the club. Like... Yeah, oh, 100%. Oh, t- tempo change. Oh, oh, two steps out of yeah. time. Oh, out. change my bop. Change my bop. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want that. I wanted it to be, you could nod along, but it has all the different elements of musical fear. So as you listen to it, it has like the call and response kind of lay mizzy type bits, but then it has the greatest showman bits, but then it has like a, a rap. And then all of a sudden it goes back into like a funk groove, old school with the owl. Mm. It has that kind of, oh, you can imagine the Jersey Boys kind of vibe to it. I wanted to have all of that stuff that I love and see, but in one track. And it was yeah. a nightmare. I'm not going to lie, it was a nightmare. <laughs> But I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And when I got one bit, I was like running around the room like, oh my God, this is exactly what I was looking for. But to find it, sometimes I had to, had to dig deep, man. But Nick was there uh, kind of cheerleading and coming up with crazy melodies and harmonies and stuff as well. So he was legendary. Yeah. So you say like 
you know, we're talking about the music. So you put on Instagram yesterday about the the section of you singing. Ooh. I think it was yesterday you put it up. <laughs> so you, I, it was funny because you put it up. Well, when I was watching it, and it, the camera panned from Aston to you, and the singing, I was like, "That's not Glenn's voice." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, is that him?" I was like, I, "I was like, I don't know if he can sing or not." I was like, "But I swear that sounds kind of Astony." So yeah. I was like, "Well." Like, and I was tripping in because I was like, wow, maybe Glenn can sing as well like that. And like, and bro, I was fanboy and I was like, he can dance. He's wrote this and now he's singing. And then you put it on on Instagram and I was like, okay, I was, I was tripping out a bit. I was like, what? Yeah, that's why I had on? to put the story, man. Because again, like I don't call myself a singer. There's not like nothing mm. about me as a singer, but obviously when I'm writing, I have to naturally sing. So over the years, I guess I got better because I, I, like I practice, like I wish I could sing. Like I would love to, I'd love to be Justin Timberlake. I'd love to be on tour with dancers and putting on epic shows. But, you know, like I also know the difference between someone who's born with that voice and, you know, <laughs> you know, I take my talents for what it is. But um, yeah, I, I love it. Like I really enjoy it. And I enjoy singing something that I write. And, you know, I gave Ash his rap in, in the song. He wrote his rap. And like, that's what he likes from rap, rapping back in the day, like doing grime and being in the playground at school. Like he's always had that, feel he loves listening to that sort of music so it was like perfect that's his part and everyone kind of had their moment so I was like I'm just gonna give myself a couple of lines like why not and then I don't know why I chose to write it after Aston like why did I think that but story-wise it made sense do you know what I mean story-wise it made sense so I put it there and then I recorded it and I recorded it in the lower octave so like it was really kind of just underwhelming I kept like every time I played it like at home or like around someone, every time I got to my bit, I, I paused it or muted it before I got to that bit. So no one ever heard it because I was so nervous. I was like, if I feel like that, I can't put it out. Like, yeah, I can't feel like that. Every time the film comes on, I'm hiding well, under a pillow. Because then every like, time you watch it, you're going to be like, yeah. And I didn't want to do that. So Aston came to record and I just said to him, oh, can you just carry on? And he's like, what do you, oh, they're your lines. I was like, oh, yeah, can you just record them? Because I haven't done mine. And Lisa was with me and she was like, don't lie. Like, and he said, he's being silly. He doesn't like his bit. So he's trying to get you to do it. And I was like, look, just do it as a safety. Cause I was like, I don't even know if my anxiety is going to allow me to have this in the film. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> so he recorded it and obviously it sounded like incredible. Like it was ridiculous. So I was like, cool, done. I'm not going to use my bit. Don't worry about it. But obviously Lisa kept pestering me. Ash kept saying like, oh, where's your singing bit? Where's your singing bit? And what I realized was obviously he was singing in the upper octave, which is why it sounded big and energetic. So I kind of used his as the guide, I guess. And I think once I went to the studio the night before recording Tom Lister's vocals for Hook, because again, we had literally no time to do it. And um, he left and then Lisa said, just spend like some time and give it a go. And I just kept going at it and at it and at it. And like, I realized I could sing it, but it was that weird thing of like, okay, I knew what the energy was now and how it had, had to feel. And um, yeah, I got it done and it made the cut in the end. But it's something that I still find so weird and so kind of like odd for me. But even even then I had Lisa on like um, video call whilst I was doing yeah. it. And every time I went to the thing, I muted it. She couldn't hear me. So she was like, I have no idea if you're doing it. And I'm like, just trust me. I just need you to keep hyping me up for each line. And then I can go in and, and belt it and then, and then come back. I just said, I need, <laughs> I just need a little like cheerleading kind of I like, need a oh, fan. Good. Keep going for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just need someone to go, just keep going because I was getting, oh, my voice hurting. And 
da, 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 da. like I don't know the technique of singing still like I'm like it's new to my body so like I don't I don't fully understand how to use it I just I just again I know what it needs to feel like and I knew it didn't feel right how I was doing it originally but once Aston had done it I knew what it should feel like so that's why it sounds it sounds like Aston because I followed him I carried on yeah. his well bro energy, genuinely exactly. I, I didn't know if it was you or not I was like yeah. is it him can he sing like I don't know I was just I was <laughs> I couldn't figure it out and it's because so obviously, because it's the track is recorded over what you're doing, yeah. Like, I couldn't even be like, I, I can't tell you because like everything is slightly layered, you know. Like, there's that yeah. that disconnect. So I was like, I don't know if it's him. And I was like, I need to speak. I need to ask. And then when you put it on Instagram, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I had to put the story behind it as well. And it's weird because, again, like, I, I feel proud of it, which is good. It's weird for me, but I feel proud of it. But it's why I have to say how it came about because I'm just like, oh, my singer, listen to my singer thing. It's really good because it was hard and it was a struggle. And like, it's easy for someone to go, oh, it's auto tuned. Obviously, you just sung it and then you mm-hmm. just pitched it up or you just made yourself sound good. And like, it's not <laughs> like I just, yeah. like, I tried my flipping hardest to get that. How, how, um, how long do you think it took to get those lines? How many times? How spent, much time? I spent do you think 40 you put- minutes just on those four lines doing them over and over and and changing them like I had little riffs in certain bits and I was like that doesn't need the riff or take that bit down and just adapting it to to fit my voice because I think I listen to a lot of R&B music and I I imagine the riffs and I imagine that and like it doesn't have to have that like I don't have that voice like some people have like a more MT voice and they have a or an operatic voice it's like I have an in between there's bits where you know I found that I can do a random riff and I'm like hey what's that where did that come from <laughs> and I get excited about it and then sometimes I don't but when you got Aston, who's you know who can do everything, and he's got the very MJ flavor, and he's got that that natural spice to his voice and little places. It's like I'm Why trying to find that. Everything? I know, and he's just the guy. Like, you know, what I, I mean, know. that's do, mad. Do you know but what's you, worse? Do you know what's worse is that he's really nice. I was just literally just about to say that. Do you know what it is? And he's a nice guy. Yeah, that's like, what's worse. Imagine he could like, be an absolute idiot, but he's not. Like, <laughs> if he was, if he was a douche, you'd just be like, ugh. But he's yeah. the nicest guy. He can outdance everyone. He can outsing everyone. He can act. You're like, really? Good looking. Like, come on, I know. man. Like, <laughs> come on. Just that guy. But I think that's the thing is I, I naturally think I can't do what he's doing. But I, I've, I, within that 40 minutes was me deciding I don't need to do that. I don't need to do it the way he's done it. I need to sing in that same energy. I need to bring the same presence as it. But I need to just feel, what does it feel like if I was going to do it? And then I stopped listening to him and just started doing it. And yeah, just found my way, I guess, after after a while of screeching and doing it wrong. And then yeah, man, that's what, th- this film got me, honestly. I thought you were this dancer choreographer. Like, I didn't know all the, that you had all Thank these other you, layers. Man. And and that's, it so much. it's dope. And it's super brave of you to put it out there. Do you know what I mean? Especially yeah. because, you know, you are known as the half of Twist and Pulse. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you, you have been branded. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you are known yeah, yeah. in a way. And it's actually, once you get branded, although it's a beautiful thing, it's really hard to be seen in a different light. 100%. Yeah. And I think I found that hard a lot in in the whole 10 years of Twist and Pulse. Like, I think there's been, I think that's, like I said, this is the first time I put my name on it. Because before, I automatically just went, oh, obviously, because Ash is in it as well. It's a Twist and Pulse thing. And then me and him had to have a conversation for him to be like, oh, don't be silly. Like, if you're making a film, go and make a film. Like, he helped with this film in terms of, like, he came to pretty much all the shoots, held a reflector, like held a sound, like literally just was my brother in terms of helping. But 
in terms of the film and making the story and that, like he was like, you do the film and just call me when you need me to do something and I'll come back it. But apart from that, like do your thing. And I think we needed to have that conversation for me to be like, feel the weight of like, oh, I don't need to always feel like I need to say, oh, you're doing this with me. And then dragging him along. So he doesn't want to make films. He doesn't want to be a director or a writer. Mm. So I was like, we're having the meetings and I'm writing five pages and he's written two lines because it's not coming out of him naturally because that's not his thing. But then as soon as I say, here's some music, he's like, yeah, choreo is just oozing out. And I'm like, cool. Cause that's what, you know, that's what he loves. And that's what, that's his part. So I was like, cool. You can dance Captain the crap out of like this for me and make sure yeah. all that stuff's on smash. You know what I mean, and I think them conversations needed to be had for me to finally let go and go, okay, cool. I'm allowed, I'm allowed to feel okay about <laughs> saying I'm doing something for myself and something that I enjoy this outside of, what everyone assumes that I do only, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. It was a good, good feeling. Cause it is like being part of like being part of Twist and Boss, you have been branded that, like you said, for like a decade now, right? Was it 2010 mm. you did the show? 2010, yeah. So we started so really 2010, 2009. Yeah. And then 2010, you did the show. You are known then as Twist and Pulse. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like p- p- people outside of your, friendship circle they probably don't even talk about you as glenn and ash do you know what i mean they probably talk <laughs> yeah. about you as twist and pulse you, you've been branded that H- how was it because obviously before that you you wanted to you were just dancers do you know i mean you were two dude two guys yep. who wanted to achieve dance and love dancing and now you've put yourself into this tv show which is seen by millions of people and everyone now knows you as this this product called twist and pulse yep do you feel like because of that, although it was, I'm sure, fantastic, and it obviously was because it's lasted for such a long time, you know what I mean? But do you feel like it pulled you away from avenues that you wanted to take down? Because I remember seeing you when we did the Marty workshops. Yeah. Uh, what was that, three years ago, four years ago? Yeah, I don't know, like we that, did yeah. it. And I remember getting down with you, and I was like, yes, what's up, Glenn? Yeah, we're just in class. And I was thinking, damn, I've ne- I don't ever remember seeing Glenn take class. This is dope. And then we started dancing, and then you started roasting it too. And I was like, damn, yes, Glenn. <laughs> like, I've just never seen you uh, dance outside of your your franchise, outside of your branding. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, outside which, of is, Chris- which is crazy. Which is crazy. But for me, I was like, oh, sick. And then I was thinking, well, why has he never, like, been in, like, my side of the world you know what i mean yeah. and i was like well i guess he's he's he can't because you're the artist how do you yeah. branch away from the impulse and be glenn has that been something that you've struggled with major majorly yeah um mainly because me and ash come from completely different places like we 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 hit the bgt thing and then realized that you know, after a couple of years, we never had the conversation of like, is this what you want to do for a living? Do you want to do a dance duo that we are going to do for the rest of our lives? We were just gigging every day, happy, like, oh my God, people coming to watch us and we're making money, like we're traveling, we're seeing the country. Like, it was just epic. And we couldn't have like, like it's the biggest blessing I've ever had to been able to do that. And like you said, become the name, I guess, like the the artist. Next up is Twist and Balls. Everyone screaming. Like, you know, I have funny moments when I watch TV shows with people and, you know, you watch Shawn Mendes' documentary and he comes out and everyone's got their lights up in the arena and someone goes, oh, can you imagine that thing? And I'm like, I've actually had it. Like, I've had O2 Arena going, twist, down pulse. And you're like, that's mad. Like, people dream of that stuff. But we came from, like, two different paths where, like, I was in the commercial industry. I started really young. So, like, my 
my actual age doesn't relate to like what I was doing, if that makes sense. Like I was doing the adverts mm. and like X Factor and stuff before I should have been, if that makes sense, before like the normal mm. time. And, you know, if you ask me what my dream was, it was to tour with JT. Like that was my, my goal was to world tour JT, that sort of vibe. It's exactly the same as, you know, every, yourself. Every, like, w- every white boy in our age bracket. Yep. I believe 100%. that was the goal, yeah. right? I was, dancing with, I was going to John Graham's class. Like, he was my idol. I, would, <laughs> I went to be yeah, him. Yeah. Like, I was I was, I was, was that vibe. Like, I loved it. And I danced very much similar to you. So, like, that sort of vibe was was what I lived for. Do you know what I mean? As much as, like, popping and that and waving uh, animation and all that was, like, my my love as well. My my, you know, my natural go-to style wasn't, wasn't Twist and Pulse at all. It just became the thing. And yeah, I guess as time went on, I, I've i had those conversations with people who are saying, oh my God, like it's epic what you guys are doing. And it's like, oh, but have you ever wanted to do that? And I'm like, yes. Like, do you know how much I just want to be dancer number four? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> In the black vest mm. on the right. Like so many times before, I just want to do, I just want to do. <laughs> you know how I don't just ball. want to wear this red hat and this red yeah, like, top. I don't like... want to be, yeah, I don't want to do that forever. And, and people are like, why would you want to, and I, I don't see that as a backtrack I just see that as that's a different goal it's just a different thing like I see that as just as like epic and starry eyes for me as as the other things you know it's just because mm. those people haven't done what we're doing so they're like oh, I'd love to be doing that I wish I could go on stage and they go Kane Silver and you do your thing and like ah you know and you got your thing like mm. but you know I dream of doing the things you're doing and traveling to America and doing those tours like they were always my dancer goals before going on bgt was even you know a thing and i yeah me and ash have had many conversations about like how do i do that now or like am i too old or like should i be trying to do that as well as doing this like how does that work and i still don't know if i'm completely honest like it's still in my my heart somewhere and i do get the little like drop that feeling when your heart kind of sinks sometimes when i see something it's like am i ever gonna do that like i've still got them bucket list moments i'm like i just want to do that still it hits mm. me now and again. I'm like, I don't, I don't really know that path, but obviously I've got this new kind of ignited feeling for film and stuff. So I've been ticking other boxes, I guess, by starting all that stuff. So keeping my my creative juices flowing, I guess, and and doing all yeah. that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think as we both got older, we've had those conversations and more about life and what we want to be doing. And yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy coming from something like that. Yeah. What was it like after having? nine years or 10 years of being twist and pulse you know you you rode the wave right at the beginning yeah. then for it to boom again after going back and winning the champ of champs like mm. do you know what i mean like i guess you've yeah. experienced that win then you've had eight nine years of celebrity slash normal being a pedestrian life mm. going back to booming again um it's weird because it it did and it didn't like it was it was a weird process to go and do because we treated the whole competition like a competition like it was a street dance show like way the way we trained and put up our piece together wasn't like i feel like the other people that competed in it like a lot of the other people were that showcasing like oh this is the best song i think i've done so a couple of years maybe i'll sing that song whereas we created a piece specifically for that and yeah, as much as it launched everything again and gave us that kind of newfound thing, it TV is not the same as what it was. The power is not the no. same. Like when we came off in 2010, like I couldn't walk the streets. Like we were shutting down supermarkets and sh- and like 
flipping shopping centers like it was crazy and now it wasn't like that even though we'd won something that's meant to be a bigger show and it's meant to be mm. the creme de la creme like the you know crown on your head kind of thing and it didn't it worked because now when we go for jobs and we put ourselves out for gigs you can obviously you can charge more and you can put the name on the poster and it, it helps with all that stuff but in terms of like mm. the actual lifestyle change it wasn't the same as before because social media's changed tv's changed it doesn't have the 24-hour news cycle as they say you know what i mean a week later there's another show of a new winner of another contest and mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't hit the same so which i'm kind of happy for because mm. as much as that life is beautiful and i'm so glad that i was like blessed with it and like some of the things i've experienced in my life like Ne- like you'll never be able to do it's impossible but I think if it came again it would have been scary it would have been scary for me I think for my family again to like to put yourself back into that zone I don't think it allowed me to do the film the way I've done it and do kind of just other normal life things that became hard when you're in that circle so not that I'm ungrateful it's it's just a different outlook on it and I think that all comes with age and you know, when things have changed, you have different outlooks at what's important. Do you know what I mean? You realize, okay, as much as I would love now to be, well, I brought this film out and it's on the front of every newspaper because we were on TV and it's huge. Of course, I would love that. But also, I'd like to go to Sainsbury's with my mum. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I guess, at, well, so you were 20 on the show, VGT, 2019, 20? Yeah, 20. Yeah, 2010, so 20. Like, then being a booming is a win right at 20 years old oh you're yeah, like, yeah yeah oh this is this is the life going to clubs getting the yeah. life but at 30 is that what you want like at yeah. 30 is that hassle is is that yeah. what you want i guess if you've never had it before but you know like i've yeah, been around I mean, you want it in certain ways and, yeah you i've been around celebrities and seeing what they put up with and i'm always like i don't know i could do that like i did dream boys for four years yeah and like even that, like I wasn't a celebrity, but a thousand people have just watched the show and I leave base, and they, yeah. they, they all want a conversation. They mm-hmm. all want a life story. They all want a, a hug, a photo and a signature. And as lovely as it is, it's exhausting. It's 100%. like, 100%. you know, so like, I can't imagine what that's like for you at 20. So you don't want to do that at 30 as well. Yeah. And the thing is like, I, I always like, it got to a point where I had to tell my, remind myself that when people come up to you like they're coming up to you because they're so like appreciative of what you've done or they love it so much and like it's hard to be that when sometimes you just want to do something very normal or something very little I always remember going to Bromley with my dad and just wanted to go shopping with him and I got stopped and then it turned into like a semicircle into a meet and greet and I was there for like two and a half hours and my dad was just sat on the bench and I just remember going like such a blessing that all those people wanted to meet me but at the same time all I wanted to do was spend time with my dad and I was so frustrated deep down I couldn't even I couldn't even be frustrated I couldn't be annoyed like I couldn't and that that's a very weird kind of thing to balance for years to to know when you're knackered from a show and you go backstage and you want to lay on the floor but you bump into five people that scream and want to take a picture but you just want to say I need to lay down give me a minute but you can't because He's just not, it's just, he's just yeah. not able to. And then, yeah, juggling that for years is, is something you have to find your feet with. And it's not the same every day. It's every day you have to tackle it differently. Some days you have to prep yourself to know this is going to be hard and this is going to be tough. But 
they're not being annoying on purpose. They're being annoying because they appreciate you and you've done something for them. Do you know what I mean? And you get the odd person that's crying like, oh my God, you're the best thing I've ever seen. And it's like, as a, it's a weird thing because you're like, oh, for God's sake, go away. But at the same time, when you think about it deep, for someone to feel like that about what you've done is It's mad. amazing. It's, and essentially, it's, that's what it's you wanted. It's incredible, mate. Oh, when mate, you went it's incredible. Show, you know? It's, it's everything. And that's what I mean. You have to, you have to kind of rejig your mind sometimes to, to remember to be grateful and to remember to appreciate all those things. Like I've never, I've never had a bad moment with a fan or a soppy, like annoying. I've had a, I'll go back into my room and go, Oh, I lay on the floor, but that's because I'm exhausted. It's usually from being tired and being like mm. fighting through it for them. Do you know what I mean? Like fighting through the two and a half hour meet and greet. And they're like, Oh, I finally got my picture, but they don't realize you've been there for two hours. And you're like, yeah. and I just did the 45 minute show that you watched and I'm dripping and my, now my sweat's cold and I feel a bit <laughs> ill and I've had a migraine all day. And I didn't get to eat because we were late for the tech. And it's like all them things still going through your head and you're smiling, oh. looking at the camera going, how long have I got left? And it's like, yeah. you're trying to focus. And it's, you know, it's not about the fans. You, you appreciate every single one of them. It's just a lot to deal with the weight of all of those things, I guess, sometimes, especially when you're younger. And now I'm mm. older and I know what it is. I don't put myself in them situations when I, when I don't need to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is why, again, why I'm saying that it's a blessing in disguise that it wasn't as big as it was so it gave us the oomph from a business perspective new name yeah. new title more money all that stuff but it didn't flood my life in a stressful way yo isn't it crazy how like you you nailed it as soon as you said like tv isn't what it was anymore like yeah, and it's 100%. really not like like i think like i know todrick hall really well and like mm -hmm. you know he's a youtube star you know what I mean? Like he didn't do well on TV and he became a Super YouTube talented. star. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, and it's right. It's like, well, TV isn't the, the, the main medium now. I don't think, no. especially no, as like all. what it used to be, unless you're talking like a Love Island contestant, which yeah, yeah. for some reason blows up, like, yeah. <laughs> like out yeah. of this world. People following personalities now and different things for different reasons. And, you know, the kind of talent TV thing doesn't have the, the same not credibility is not the right word it just doesn't have the oomph the, the the power to 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 stay around unless the video goes on youtube and then that goes viral for a week more and then you know paper picks it up but there's too much which is why why online stuff blows up because it's more the person being consistent because consistency of new material and new stuff mm -hmm. and like consistency is my word do you know what i mean <laughs> you have to yeah. be constantly at it to stay there otherwise do, do you think that's why like love island and these like reality tv shows really blow up now more than like x factor the voice bgt because i i guess when we're watching like these tv shows like competition shows we're mm. seeing you as an act and we don't really get to see you as a person we don't get to see your like your downtime we just see the mm. the rehearsal and the go we see probably like two minutes of a day whereas yeah. with this like love island and those things where we see them every day for like three months and we yeah. watch an hour a day of their yeah. day you know what i mean so we're actually getting to know the people yeah, so much more than we are and yeah. that's the thing now which is different right because if you think back let's say 20 let's say like mj time like we know we knew very little about mj or like mm -hmm these superstars like Beyonce we don't know much about her it's all very secretive but they're that's a celebrity that we're like we want to know more we want to know more whereas 
that was, that was one way of seeing a celebrity. Whereas now to make it as a celebrity, you have to show everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's the connection you know I mean? to it. And it's, it's, it's people feeling like they understand and are a part of what you're doing and what you're living. And it's why, it's why films are still a thing and film does work because within a film, you can teach someone about someone's whole life in a film. And then they feel like they know the person and you cry at the end because that person that you now love because you know they went through this, you feel connected, which is why good film, you know, writing a good script is the way it is because it yeah. connects to that certain feeling, which is the same thing that I believe is what people have to, you know, these the, the personalities that you see on TV or that, you know, mm. people that become presenters like Rylan and stuff because it's him as a person that you connect to and it's him and what you want to know what he does when he gets home or what he's watching and why he's laughing at that and what he thinks is funny because it, it just it just it just connects more that's the word it's the only word i can use whereas yeah talent shows like you said once you see a performance you can go on youtube and watch 500 performances from all over the world and you get lost in a rabbit hole it's got nothing to do with that anymore you know i mean yeah. you don't you don't stay with it whereas there's people that are performers but also have they're constantly every day doing the Instagram story talking about life. So people mm. stick with them because they want, they connect to all of those things. And I think that's where people fall off. Like I find that really hard personally. Like I don't ever upload to my Instagram story. No, like, you don't. I just about, I just about post about stuff I'm doing. Like I think I posted last night for the first time about a film I liked, but you never catch <laughs> me kind of going, Hey guys, or hey everyone, I had this mm. day today and this was really rubbish because I find that quite hard to be, open like that i find it mm. quite hard i'm i'm more of the guy in the boardroom that's talking to everyone and then i leave and then things happen <laughs> like i'm not yeah. i'm not very the guy on camera which again is something with twist and pulse that's always been like a thing where there's a certain part of our brand and career that is hey guys we're twist and pulse and you've got to do that kind of energy and that feeling to stay connected to your fans and and let people make sure people are still watching your content but if that's not who you are, it's a it's a hard thing to pluck up every day to mm. to do. Which again is why me and Ash don't do it every single day, and we don't. Yeah. We could easily be the two guys that post every day and breakfast mm. and dinner and jokes and laugh at everything. Yeah. We could definitely be those guys, but we've just chosen that we're not really like that's not what floats our boat, and we let our content speak for itself. And we you know we hide in the shadows for a little bit, and then when we do come out, we go here's something we created that we thought was really cool. And that's yeah. the way we choose to do it you know yeah for sure yeah like, i know jake quickenden quite well and obviously of x factor he had a following mm -hmm. but he didn't like you know it wasn't huge but it took the jungle for people to really know him because it was that yeah. like that long-term access and now yeah. since even like doing all these tv shows actually he's blown up because of his instagram because yeah, like even it's like his own <laughs> it's like it's like his own big brother you know what I mean? It's like he's doing Big Brother for himself. Like he documents yeah. the entire day. You see everything. And I know him and I know that's not him acting. Like that is him 24-7. He's a yeah. lovely clown. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for him, that really works. 100%. Do you think, I know you say that's not like who you are and you, you find it hard to do that. Do you kind of sometimes wish it was? Because I think on a marketing standpoint, it would Oh, 100%. Be, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. That's what I mean. Me and Ash could have been those guys that just stories and like life and like Ash is one of the funniest people on the planet. Like I could just I could just film Ash all day and people would love it. Like it would, and I know it would be crazy and people would follow. But that's what I mean. There's that disconnect where life and your career sometimes like you can't always 
give everything. It's a lot to give to other people, especially when sometimes you need, when you've got stuff going on in your life as well, but yet that you're being forced to continue that without, and people are like, where are you? Where's, why have you not posted? Why have you not done this? And it's like that pressure can be a lot. And I think that's why we have done the things. So we've gone through our, our various different avenues of sometimes posting loads. And sometimes we did, we started doing YouTube challenges and we did all the what's in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did all the fun stuff and we've had, you know, a couple of months of, Oh, let's try and post every week and post every day and, and tweet about what we're watching on telly and done that sort of stuff. But, if it's not you, it just won't happen. And I, and mm. we've had to have those conversations of same things with like the career side and, and what we're doing to remember, like, you have to be true to yourself. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, if you want to share something, like last night, I loved that film and I felt like I just needed to tell someone that the film was really cool. So I put the poster up of the film and said, great film. Like, that's as much as I could give, <laughs> you what know? Film I is could, it? Um, 1917, army great film. film great film. epic epic and I, i'm into film it just felt like the right thing and, I, and that felt right it felt true to me going this is a cool film people should know but i couldn't have laid in bed and put a light on and gone hey guys check out this film. that's it just wouldn't work for me and it would have come across like it's not me do you know what i mean uh, there's no i point can do that. that for you if you need someone to do it yeah please i'll just send you what i need you to say <laughs> you could just you. throw it up for me give me some good light and i don't mind <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly what i mean i think you i think you know and i think when you get to you know, a certain age as well, you start finding what ticks your boxes and what floats your boat, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, we, we've learned that in 10 years of mm. working together, do you know what I mean? That we know mm. what we need to do to keep our brand alive still to a certain degree and make sure that we are able to market ourselves and create work for ourselves, but without intruding onto how we feel in our personal lives and, mm. you know, making sure we give ourselves enough headroom to not give ourselves any other <laughs> issues would, would or pressures. Ever- would you ever do like the, I guess it's changed name now, like the castle, like celebrity get me out here. Would you ever yeah. do like one of those kind of things where they actually get to see you as a person, you know? Yeah. Like we've spoken about this again, because we have been asked and we have had auditions for stuff and, and gone back and forth with different shows. And I've always said, yes, I'll do it. But as I've got older, I still, yes, I would do it. But usually if they say, oh, we'll have one of you, Ash would be the guy to do it. Like yeah. Ash loves that stuff. And he likes like he, I think Ash could be a personality. I think if he took it on himself, I think he would grow his own name for being who he is because he's that type of guy. And mm. we've had that conversation of me going like, just do it, man. Like, I want to watch your videos. Like, <laughs> I want to yeah. watch and laugh at you. Like, that's fine. Like, don't feel like it has to be a, you know, you can still be Ashley from Twist and Pulse. Like, go on TV and talk about something. That's fine. Um, so I'd always say that he would probably be the person to go and do it. I wouldn't be against it. But again, I my personal life is quite like, I don't know. It's just different for me. I don't, I don't thrive under that sort of thing. Like I feel like mm. I get on with everyone. I feel like I'd be good to watch and I think I'd have a laugh and I'd be joke, but I also know I should be way funnier. I'm way better at it than I would be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I would much rather well, the... be the guy who's like speaking to the producers and be like, so when's the next series? How can we get on board yeah. as a producer? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, my, my game. Do you know what I mean? I'm that guy. Like I like, I like the behind the scenes I like being the guy that when the actors are getting their Oscars, they're going, oh, thank you to Glenn Murphy for all that. Who's like, everyone's like, who's Glenn Murphy? And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> no one knows, but that's me. I lo- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Which is, a, it's a whole different type of person, I guess. But again, mm. I think some of them are fun. Like I do like Total Wipeout and like crazy shows like that. I love all that sort of yeah. stuff. You know I mean, all them crazy, uh, like experience shows I like. 
do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I do all the stuff that's like I could never be able to do that. I would love to do that once. Yeah. Because um, like with Dream Boys, they always like you always get a, like kind of pitched to do like a Love Island or X on the Beach mm. kind of thing, and then they can advertise. You know, yeah, but you're you're the Dream Boys. Do you know what I mean? And I, I'm just not, I've always said like I ain't that guy. Like I, I wouldn't want to be put on a show as that way. And I'm obviously engaged, so none of those shows would ever work. But I was always yeah, like yeah, I do like I do like SAS. Or like yeah. you know, like some, yeah. something where it's like, and not like celebrity SAS. I'm not saying that, but just as a like yeah, normal yeah, celebrity, person, yeah. normal SAS, but just like a, a kind of like a challenge kind of show. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like yeah, about it's physical and mental attributes, not about me looking good on a camera, being a certain way. Yeah, because I'll be scared to just like I don't know. I feel like Big Brother would be good, but at the same time, I like i don't know because <laughs> some yeah. days i don't feel like that some days i'm the <laughs> clown and i will be nuts and do handstands and just be crazy but then some days i just want to chill and have a normal chat and it's a bit boring but like, i could admit that, that i can be the, the boring serious conversation guy do you know what i mean yeah but um but yeah i'm down for like getting in the mud and doing some tough mother crazy tv stuff mm. that's yeah i'm down for that stuff for sure so what do you see for your future like in an ideal world if you've got full if you've got full control yeah so throwing it out there for you know manifestation and all that stuff that people are talking about now um yo bro and i've never done this manifestation nice. i can't even say it that's how yeah. you know i've never done it <laughs> i've never even done I've it never I... said it out loud yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've always just gone i've never done it as like with that in my mind i've always just said i'm gonna like i'm gonna move to la yeah. And that's not yeah, me manifesting yeah. it. That's me telling you I'm going to do it. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. I've never done that whole, like, I'm going to make this happen and something is going to make it happen for me. I've always yeah, just yeah. been like, no, I'm going to make I, it happen. I'm going to do like, it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. So the, the manifestation thing, I get it. But at the same time, I find it really <laughs> difficult to be like, if I say it, that means... You're definitely not happen. saying it right. That's for sure. No, I can't even say it. I don't know what's happened. It's like my mouth has got like a limp and it's not saying it. <laughs> and manifest manifestation manifestation yeah that's, oh, yeah, that's not right is it <laughs> manifestation yeah something like that it just sounds like some sort of infection kind of thing now it just sounds <laughs> kind of wrong i've ruined it <laughs> ruined it um so for me i kind of see myself because i love the musical thing and i love film so i would like to be not only for this but i'd like to be known for kind of like like what the greatest showman is i think there's I think there's a new kind of world for musicals in film again, like there was back in the day with Mary Poppins and all those sort of things back in the day. I think with Greatest Showman and La La Land and the That's... kind of like remakes of Aladdin and <clears throat> yeah. And you know, you, you've got, what's the new one that just came out? That's on Netflix. Um, um, Jingle Jangle. Yeah. Jingle yeah. So there's, there, I think there's a new kind of burst for that kind of thing. And I would like to be the guy that creates the musical on films and bringing these new original stories with song and dance together, but in a cinematic kind of new thing. Because I, I still think, like, I love The Greatest Showman. I love Jingle Jangle. Like, I like all that stuff. I still think there's another way to go with it to make it look. And I think, you know, my love for kind of dance and, and just arts in general and music, I think we can create some new crazy kind of films. So I'd like to kind of push that genre to the new level and not make it like, a, oh, there's a random musical that's in the Oscars. I get to the point where there's so many amazing ones that like it's got its own category now. Do you know what I mean? Because, mm. you know, these, these shows should be on film and these stories. I don't think there's a better way to tell a story than, than having 
like I think telling the story in film is amazing, but telling it through song and telling it through dance, like all of those things put into one thing, like I don't mm. think you can get better than that. And the type of people that you can work with when you do them sort of films, I think is, you know, I just, I see talented dancers and singers and stuff and I just think, Jesus, like, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, well, you've, you you've done, you've done like, obviously it's not your first, but you know, you've done one with an incredible cast. It's mm. all done by yourself, essentially. Like yeah. I know you keep, saying yeah but i couldn't have done it without the people behind me yeah cool i know but nor could steven spielberg but we still know who he is do you know what i'm saying yeah like, yeah of course yeah I've, that's what i mean i think like... it's that thing as it's a portfolio for me that i I made it like even christmas spirit that got me in the room to speak to to base and be like you know aston always said like why didn't you get me in that film man like all sarah's dancers were in it it was like why why didn't you choose mm. me why didn't you ask me to be in it so it's like when i said okay well, well look what i did with christmas spirit imagine you helped me imagine the next thing i could do so now i've done this hoping mm. that you know the warner brothers or whatever come knocking and go we're making this new musical who'd be good i saw this thing online there's a musical i mm. wonder who did that you know the greatest showman 2 or whatever the next big film is you know hopefully yeah. they'll come knocking or i'll go knocking on their door so you know what i really liked as well like for me it was that you like you said earlier like you brought together people that we you know you've worked with before but it was oh. also the fact that it was like people like Bly, like you didn't just get like, and and that guy who you filmed stuff with before, you didn't just go and hire a camera crew who you know have got experience doing other things of this. You used your peeps. And I, I really 100%. try and say this all the time. It's like, it, we can actually do so much if we utilize our, our, inner, our near circle, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or our net circle. We don't always have to like dive outside of somewhere to get something done. And like, what is like currency, right? Like, so we have this thing where we're very much like, well, how much are you paying me to do this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And especially in a time like now where like currency yeah. is like a really difficult thing to, to bring in and to spend. So like on my, my mentorship program, like I wanted to have Hannah Levitt Collins come and speak and cause she's very well business minded and speak to all my people. And I was like, will you come and do it? I, I'm really struggling financially because of obviously we're all in lockdown 7.0 yeah. whatever we're in like <laughs> i was like how about let's exchange currency you come and do an hour's chat for me and i'll teach for your people for an hour for free you know like so we exchange yeah. currencies and like i was like literally like it was so rewarding from the people which were in my program and the people on hers and i was like wow we just did business without it having to be about money and i'm not saying that we should all do things like that but where you can and when it's with your peeps like it just makes you realize what you can achieve and you've yeah. managed to achieve. Obviously, I don't know what if you've paid people and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is you've brought together your circle without going out and having to source people that you don't need because you've already got all those assets close to you. Yeah. And I think I think that's the thing as well. Like you have to one is people you can trust Two, the chemistry is right. Like when you've worked with people and you know what it's like to be in a professional environment with them and create it's next level and on top of that like like I believe in my friend's talents as well like mm. like me and Bly met after tr after judging like a UDO or something and we was traveling back on a train from Blackpool for like six hours and we just talked film the whole time and I know he loves film and our friendship since that day is meeting up watching films you go cinema together like when a new film comes out he's like yeah seven o'clock show in the cinema world let's go like that's our thing like I know how much he loves making film and we've mm. always talked about making a film together. So why would I then go, well, let me see if there's someone who makes films and has got a bit of a name for themselves. Like 
my boy makes films and he's talented. Like, let's do this. Same with like the yeah. Dame and and the, and the other classes like Lisa playing Aladdin and and Hannah playing Snow White, Martin playing the Dame, Aiden playing the comic. Like, I've worked with them on stage and thought flipping out like. Hmm. what talent like why do i need to go i could have gone for a dame and i could have gone for the panto stars like christopher biggins and like these people have got like tv names and like probably could have got us on telly talking about it and stuff but i think they're epic and the only way one they're going to become someone that other people think of is my being by me showing them off and going like yeah. look at these people like i could have got a comedian that's like a, a name and tours and to be the comic but i think aiden's the funniest guy on the planet and i also know i can call him at 11 o'clock at night and go i need a joke here it doesn't make sense it's something to do with this and i know that doesn't make sense and he'll go leave it with me the next day he'll send me back bare jokes just stupid mm. stuff like there's a scene in the in the film he brings out a, a frying pan and just says like we asked for pan and he goes Boom, and he pulls out a pan but he yeah, just yeah, brought yeah. that from home he just brought it from home that wasn't in the script i didn't ask him to do that he just showed up on the day with a wig a, a dress and a pan and was like, oh, I've got an idea for the scene. And it was just like that sort of level of like comedy and like, like you have to big your people up, man. And like, like you said, when people come together and you create stuff, like you can make mm. mad stuff. Like when you all come together, but people always fishing to be like, mm, but if I got this person, then more people would watch it because, you know, they get better views and blah, blah, blah. They get better views mm. because everyone's just pointing at the same thing all the time. Well, they mm. might be pointing at your mate if you actually show them your mate. And so he's good. <laughs> like, help mm-hmm. them out and like yeah again i'm glad i'm glad you could see that because that was the point you know what i mean luckily a lot of my friends a, a load of the friends that are in it are people that you know have a following yeah. are good as, as well you know what i mean yeah, yeah. but it was a good mix match of you know everyone that i kind of love and have time for that meant that i could be crazy and do things last minute and swap it and they all went don't worry James, fine we'll do it for you mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you so uh what was the feeling like when it got released like when people started watching it you started getting feel- feedback was it what you expected was it overwhelming were you expecting more um overwhelming if i'm honest like i put out a documentary i want you to check it out after and text me when you watch it it's yeah, like 15 minutes it, and we we talk about it and i and i say there's literally a bit in it and i say my main thing is i feel overwhelmed and as soon as i say the word overwhelmed i cry because there's something about the power of like that feeling of like love and abundance of like people like like just simple messages and people getting your like your thing you know when someone gets it and goes this made me feel like this and gave me some hope and made me feel like there will be a happy end after lockdown I'm like yes like that's all I needed you felt what I needed you to feel so I did the job Anyone else didn't yeah. get it. <laughs> if you didn't feel like you didn't yeah, get yeah. it, but it, it, I did it right because someone got it. And and like I said, not it wasn't just a response from people. It was a response from the cast. Like we did like a watch party on Amazon, and everyone came on and watched it together and stuff. And we was all commenting at the side and making jokes of each other because it's private jokes of people things that happened on the day. And it's like, oh, don't slip mm-hmm. off the boat because I remember on the day slipped and it's all those silly things. But like the text messages I got from those guys saying like. Like, thank God you asked me to do this, man. Like, where would I have been if I didn't have this? And those are all the things that, like, it's been a rubbish year, man. Like, mm. seriously rubbish for some people. And, like, that's something that makes me sad now, just thinking about it. And now I think, like, like thank God I had it as well. <laughs> like, yeah. thank God for my mental health and for my friends' mental health that we've done something so cool and people are, like, 
people get it and it's touching them in the right that's why i don't want it to just fade away and just be like oh i tweeted it once and like oh you made that film last year i'm trying to keep pushing it and making it a thing because i think it's important i still think it's important i still think the arts are not being looked at and the government still doesn't care and showing something like this i've seen loads of cool projects over this time and cool live Mm -hmm. shows and cool things but not been big headed, but I don't think there's been something as powerful and as impactful as not just the message of the film, but the film itself. <laughs> just all those people in one film is a message in itself. Doesn't matter yeah. what happens in the film, but like, then and, and and what's great about it is, is all those people in that film are unemployed because yes. of what's happening. You know Still. what I mean? Like that's that that's 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 that was it for me. It was watching it and going, mm. damn, all these people are not working. Like, yeah, man, crazy. You know what I mean? It's crazy. All these people you're watching that are making you laugh and making you smile and making you dance and clap and making you cry because they're so good at like, like those people don't have a job. Like that's madness. That is mm. madness to me. Like there's never been a time when you needed films and music and stuff more, more. than the last, last flipping year, man. So it's like, come on, like, I don't know who or how people are going to kind of knuckle together and, and do something, mm. but. Yeah, I think there's still some sort of legs in this film of like, you know, I'll always be proud of it and happy that I did it. And I hope it does, you know, open doors, not for not for me as like, you know, I do hope it opens doors for me as a director and stuff, but opens doors for the art and does make someone go, I want to invest in that or I want to help make more of that. Are we going to release yeah. the singles in um, like a week or so? We're going to put all the money towards a charity that, you know, just either one charity that helps like, just kids smile or or a charity that's like youth theatre or like, you know, getting kids yeah. into like performing and stuff like that to kind of keep the industry going just to do our little bit. Like, where, you know, where are you going to release those? Quid. It'd be on everything like iTunes, Spotify, all that Sick. sort of stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, it might make a hundred quid, but it's just something to say, like, we're trying. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. We've all made the money, but this is about keeping our industry afloat. Like what I always say with the film, what's scary is that like pantomime for me is the first introduction for a lot of kids into fear and into dance and into singing and stuff. And if you don't have it, you might miss that next star, man. That next person that gets that fire in their tummy from seeing it. Mm. They might might not get that now. We might lose the next big Michael Jackson, Bruno Mars or whatever, because they didn't get to see that show. I think having films like this where they can watch it and go, I want to do that. I want to do that is mm. yeah more important than ever man especially with like education and schools being closed kids are at home just with nothing to do man they yeah, can give them even, something important to watch and and even not even just kids like even teenagers if or like young up-and-coming people or older if they like listen to this or if they know about you and they know you've gone from a tv show to make this like that that'll inspire them to go well he just had an idea and committed to it as opposed to let people navigate whether he can or can't do it, you know, we're so often yeah. influenced by people's opinions or, yeah. you know, someone will be like, don't be stupid. You can't make a film. Like, yeah. I, like how many people say you told a thousand people I'm going to make in, in September, I'm going to make a film by Christmas, like a film and yeah. it's going to be on Amazon out of a thousand. How many people do you think would say that's stupid? Like yeah. if we just threw it out general, probably 95%, they yeah. wouldn't believe it, you know? Yeah. And like, Pointless, even if it just this is... will happen pointless it might get it might get shut down what if someone gets covid then you have to shut down the whole thing never going to get it how are you going to edit it into, like so many things yeah man and that's it for me is is the fact that you've just bit the bullet like and that's it's super inspiring like because it's Thank it's you, taking man. things to a whole new level appreciate that a lot man
appreciate that a lot. Lots of respect. Like I remember even just, I I remember even just debating making a podcast and being worried about what people would think or what people would say. Do you know what I mean? And there was nothing stopping me. All I had to do was buy a microphone, like let alone orchestrate, getting loads of a cast together and a script and music. Like I commend you so much, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, I nearly died, but (laughs) there's a lot of of, um, a lot of people were worried about me on the last shoot day. The last shoot day was 16 hours long, and I showed up with no sleep. And when I say no sleep, people think like, "Oh, you went to bed and you couldn't get to sleep." As in, like, I was still in the front room, like Mm. printing and uh, like labeling things that I had to take in. And I did the speech at the beginning of the day to be like, guys, we like we've got everything. We've got the cast, we've got the music, we've got the stage, we've got the lights. We just don't have time. We got to do this. And like I said, I've said that I've cried so many times in this podcast. But um, like I cried in front of everyone. Like not cry, but you know when you get the lump in your throat, kind of quivery yeah. chin. And like everyone was like like laughed, but then kind of was like oh kind of thing. But like I can't say tell you how exhausted I was. <laughs> but I just had to finish it. Like I was so deep in that I couldn't let everyone down. Do you know what I mean? It was that that motivated me to be like, just keep going, man. Like, just get it done. Because, you know, like I said, looking at it now, I'm like, thank God I did. Because there's I've seen a few projects go up and then I've gone back to try and find them and I, it's like they haven't quite finished or they're mm. still going or it's been delayed now until next year. And it's like, you know, everyone's got their own circumstances. But sometimes I do think it is a mental thing of just saying, do it, do it, do it. Just mm just commit and it's like oh everyone's worried about the first thing not being quite right or not being perfect but like I said this is my fifth short film it's not like I've done the best thing ever straight away look at this on Amazon Prime Mm. no I've done five that have all done different some have got great views some have got no views some you probably like like most people never even heard of me writing I've written five things for you to figure out yeah like I I generally had no idea (laughs) that's that's crazy and they're on a channel like one of them's with Dwayne Lizzie Goffs in it it's got over a million views and you haven't seen it how mad yeah. that is mm. like that that's crazy but that just shows like your little idea is such a tiny little speckle in the world of things that are going on um mm. so in your world it might not you know it might not feel like a big thing but everything is a stepping stone to what you want to do and what you want to be so you know one day when someone turns around and says do you write something it's not me going oh i should try and write something really quickly and get it together when i can go oh well i've done five short films already so mm. this is where i'm at now look at look yeah. at me rather than maybe i shouldn't write yet because this and that. well it's like it's like that thing and it's like that overnight people go as an overnight success it's like no this has been brewing for a long time it's just yeah, now yeah. it happened to pop you know it's like that yeah uh-huh. which is you know it's crazy it's always funny when you find like an artist and you're like oh i love this song and then you finally got four albums before that and you're like <laughs> yeah. what where has all this come yeah. from You've all the time rock. all like, the time late happen? late to the show late to the show but then you're like always feel amazing because now you've got all these songs to listen to yeah <laughs> and then you I go back and realize i haven't had to wait for the next album i've got archives yeah got 50 odd new tracks out off the bat yeah, i'm always at that with tv series i always start watching it once it's finished and the hype's dead <laughs> and i'm like oh sick i've got like nine <laughs> seasons to watch <laughs> yeah loads of stuff people are like prison break what's that <laughs> Prison Break. <laughs> 24 lost yeah. what are they oh, like yeah exactly yeah you exactly know. but committing to something man it's it is hard and i think with the year and everything that's happened it's even harder for people to because there's no kind of definite that this is going to be happening this is going to be right but that's what I say. sometimes you've got to do it man just put it out there mm-hmm. and figure it out from there because you learn more from what what you get at the end you learn more from the feedback and 
and everything mm. for the next thing, then you will learn from not doing it or just keep asking questions. Oh, I need to do some more research. No, do it. Just do it, put it out, then ask and say, mm. what's wrong with it? Why, why, why don't you like it? Or how can it be better? They're the things like, you know, all, all, all the things that are good in this film are not good in the others. I'll tell you that for now. Like, there's some mm. terrible things in the other films, like terrible. <laughs> but I know that. And I went before I made this film, I wrote them all down and I made sure I didn't do any of those things again. But I had to do them all to get to this point. And yeah, like I could talk about this stuff for hours, man, because <laughs> I, like I just coming. feel like I'm chatting to a pal. I'm like, this is dope. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah, I can, like I said, I can talk about everything forever. So no that's super dope so do you have any ideas about what you want to write next if there was something obviously without giving too much away have you already thought um, of stuff or are you just kind of still yeah, processed i've been writing a musical like a stage normal musical for like i want to say like three years mm. like a long time where like i've got one of the voice notes is like from like 2013 when i had the idea for a song but it didn't all come together till probably like three years ago when I came up with like the full idea. And then again, my thing was when I started lockdown, the first one, I was like, yeah, I'm going to finish it, finish writing this musical. And then, you know, everything hit me. Some days I just couldn't work and I wasn't up for it. And then, you know, the thing that got me out of bed was the panto thing and got me doing stuff. And then obviously that took up all my time. But yeah, I still got this musical just, just, just sitting there and, you know, it hasn't been done yet. And, yeah, I think the idea, like, it's hard finding a, finding a story that needs to be told still, I guess, when there's so many things out there and everything's sure. got everything's got 10 layers to it now. And it's like, oh, you're kind of touching on that show a little bit now and you're touching on that. But um, I think I've got a, go, a, like, a little gem. It's just, I want it to be right. So I'm spending time on it. But I think, you know, I, I know I will do it. I think that's the thing I'm focused on making because... You know, I always want to make that that thing that's going to last. You know what I mean? Like mm. this Panto film every year, I can, you know, I can post it every year now. It's, it's, it will yeah, never, yeah. It will so never disappear. It's going to be relevant every Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be relevant. And everyone, everyone will always remember this time when this happened in the world because it's been so big. Do you know what I mean? And mm. I always think, you know, when I make a show that's for the West End, I don't want to make something that's like, oh, do you remember that three-month run you did of that thing? Oh, that was cute. Like, I want to be 10 years later, you're still in the theatre because it can yeah. live on. You know what I mean? And like, Lion you know, King. I not, yeah, do you know what I mean? Wicked, no. like all of them shows, they're, they're, they're such like, they've got such deeper meanings then, which is why gener- they're not, you know, not based on one generation. It's not like the woe, the musical, do you know what I mean? And then mm. <laughs> that's gone like TikTok, <laughs> the musical, like, because that won't be here forever. It will change, you know? So I put a lot of pressure on myself to try and find something that's that special. And I don't know if I found it, you know, it's all in my head still and it's, you know, it's all on paper and, and laptops in my house. But I'm just, I'm just, that's my like my golden nugget that I'm just hacking away at bit by bit. But there'll be more more little short films I'm sure in between then. And then me and Ash have got, you know, we had plans to tour again and do more more dance related content and stuff like that. But mm. it's so hard, man, because that's all you can do is video stuff at the moment. Do you know what I mean live yeah, live bro. isn't there, so it is hard. I can't say I've got a million ideas because mm. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Like I keep getting. I, I genuinely, I keep getting loads of ideas, and then every time I'm like, "Oh yeah, I can't do that right now." Yeah, can't do that right yeah. now. Like, and it's weird because mean? when the world was normal, your ideas were, you know, you had all these things. But now, like, my idea is I can't wait to go on holiday with my mates, and like, do you know what I mean? Like, I've got different yeah, plans. Right. Like, I'm proper planning like a proper holiday, and like, mm. I can't wait to go to the cinema with all my mates and eat bare popcorn. 
<laughs> can't wait <laughs> to do like simple stuff that we used to take yeah, for granted. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Like I seriously miss really normal things, and mm. and I think once those things come back, then it will it will then create room for the creative stuff again. Do you know what I mean? But that's the stuff I'm craving at the moment. So yeah, it's a weird headspace to be in, I guess. Mm. So sure. I ask I ask every dancer this. And I only really ask dancers because if I asked like an actor this, they'd probably give me an answer that I, I wouldn't even understand. Um, if aliens uh, came from outer space, which mm-hmm. the way things are going, anything is possible, uh, yeah. and they've they've got a little gun, and they go stick it at you, and they go, Glenn, give me one human on Earth that represents dance for for the human race. Oh, you have to give them a person. If you don't. And if it's a bad choice, I don't get to decide if it's a bad choice. Don't worry, I'm not going to be like, that's a whack answer. They're going to blast you and give you COVID for the rest of your life. Oh, my God. That, I feel like this would have been a pre-prepped question. No, nah, man, that's too easy. Um, whoa, that's so hard. That's so Brian, hard. because Brian, Brian Freeman took like three minutes to think of his. He took yeah, I'm probably going to take longer, if I'm honest, because I've got a few different people and different reasons and stuff yeah, like you can't though bro you just gotta give one you get to sacrifice <sighs> one <laughs> one dancer man oh my god i think he gave taj o'reilly he was like she's going she she is his symbol of dance oh my god man that's messing me up i've got different people that have been different influences to me personally people people mm. that i know and people that i don't know do you know what i mean like I always it's said, John Graham was know. my guide. You know what I mean? Like he was always my my person that I looked up to that I, I knew, but I didn't know well enough. But I always thought what he was doing was was like so what he loved. You know what I mean? Like he's so talented and so next level, and the fact that that he's still educating and teaching people the way he does, like I don't think you can beat that. Do you know what I mean? Like to be able to take his class, I think is still mad. Like he should be charging so much money to learn from him. <laughs> like he's that's how I feel about like I him. Tell it. Yeah, me too. He's one of my he's my, one of my best friends, and I tell everyone. He's, yeah, he's, and the, I, he's the goat. He's the best. Yeah, and that's what I mean. And I haven't even danced with him loads, but there's just something that I remember when I was younger, and like he he did um Sophista Funk and stuff like that, and um he asked me to come along to class to join like the crew and stuff. And I started getting rehearsals and training and doing stuff with him. And I never got to perform with him. And we've been talking about making videos and stuff for years. But I always just look at class stuff and it's like, when someone you look up to is still teaching and like people that go there every week and like, it's all from his gut. Like what he teaches is like, so like honest and like, it's so real. It, Do you know I mean, it's not like some big, yeah. like, it's not got glitz and there's, glam there's, and it's not. There's no woes. There's no like no, it's just no whatever's in there. Like it's, and I find that crazy that there's someone like that that's still giving back at the level that he's at and of all the things he's done and like, and like he has the ability to have done anything he wants, but he still chooses mm. to come back and teach. And I think that's important, man. I don't think like there's people that I wish to teach that I could go and do their class, but some people that I want to teach, if I did their class, it was 150 pounds for an hour. And you're like, okay, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like there's American dancers that, you know, I see, and I think like Keone Madrid, for instance, like I think he's the most talented guy in the world. Like I love everything he creates and I've watched every single thing he's done. And 
his movement and philosophy for dance for me is epic. But John is my like, I guess he's my UK stand up guy that yeah. I think, yeah, he's my guy that I've just looked up to forever. And yeah, it's like so I don't even give, have a big give, reason. Yeah, John, man. Giving it to the, the aliens. Guy. Yeah, man, you take just him. Killed off one of my best friends. Damn yeah, you. take him, man. <laughs> they got he's got to create dance in the other universes. How are they all gonna learn? Yeah, they get to gonna get learn to from someone. Them. Do you know what I mean? And then maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe we'll end up moving to Mars and we get there and there's just bare clones of John doing sick choreo. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine just bare groups? There's there's your film. There's there your you film. Go. The the John Graham aliens. I came up with a film once. Hit me. I wrote it. So I was on tour at the time in a tour in America and Canada. And I was with an artist called Jackson Guthy, who no one knows. And Ivan Kamweyov choreographed it. And Jackson's parents are like billionaires. They own a company called Guthy Ranker or Ranker Guthy, one of them. And they remember like proactive, that face stuff. Okay, yeah. Like face cream, like they own that. And in America, it's huge. There's like vending machines. So like they're minted. That's just one of their companies. And we used to, we had a tour bus. We were the second from opening act of four acts. So the opening act was Zara Larson, who was 16 and traveled anywhere, everywhere in a minivan. Then it was us who had this amazing, huge tour bus with Jackson Guthy and beds and like a cinema room, like sick. Then it was Fifth Harmony, who were kind of, they just done the, X Factor or whatever they did, but they were like not Fifth Harmony. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And Sheer Lloyd. And oh. Sheer Lloyd at the time was kind of popping out there. Um, yeah. So we uh, we were flying around in this private jet all the time for with his parents. Yep. If we didn't want, if he didn't want us to go on the bus because it was a long bus, the bus would drive, the jet would come and get us, and we'd fly somewhere. That kind of life, like it was crazy. I remember one time we were flying, and Randy Jack, he was signed by Randy Jackson. America's Best Dance Crew and I sat yep. opposite Randy and I was thinking so I googled in it I was like Randy Jackson's worth like 60 million and I, I asked how much the plane cost and they were like 65 million and I was in my head my brain's like damn this plane's worth more than you and your Randy Jackson like my, my like <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean yeah. I was 24 bro my mind was blown like, I come from Cardiff I was like what is going yeah, on yeah. Uh, so we're in New York at the Best Buy Theatre I think it was and we were all in this like dressing room backstage and it was me, Jackson, both his parents, and his mum's minted as well for her own branding, like she does clothes or something. Uh, Randy Jackson was there and L.A. Reid. So I was like, this is killing it. Like this this room right now is like, I've never been like, yeah, yeah. this is crazy. Do you know what I mean? So I yeah. sat there and I, <laughs> I remember turning to Ivan and going, yo, this should be a film. And he was like, what? <laughs> and like, like, and he just looked at me like I was some idiot, like I smoked something. And I was like, imagine like the story, starving dancer artist. We get all these cheesy feel good, like dance films. We could mix like a dance film and an action film at the same time. Like dancer, starving artist risks his job, risks his life because he's underpaid for doing all this work and holds hostage the artist and all the management company and stuff like that. And he has to choose to give up his dance career or hold them all ransom. And I was like, I was like, that's a sick idea. And I still remember it to this day. And I'm always like, it just needs the right person to do it. It just needs the right person. Are you trying to pitch to me to write it for you? Yeah, yeah, bro, you can write it for me. You can take it. Um, so yeah, that, that was my film I wrote in my head which everyone's laughed at me. Every single person I've ever told, they're like, you're an idiot. But I'm like, I see it. Why has it always got to be a dance? You're an idiot until the one day we all go to the cinema world and watch it. And you're like, 
oh my god, this is that film I was talking about. And someone else has I'm written like, the same story. We, we love action films. We love dance films. We can bam, bam, slap them together. Bam, dance films. I'm like dance man. flick did dance flick did okay. Like why can't I have dance action? There you go. Like, <laughs> dance act, dance flicked. God's sake, the fact that they're you know dance mean? films, mad. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so that's my film. So if anyone wants to, you know, go dibs with me on a film, hit him up. ASAP before it gets <laughs> I was taken. I'm expecting you to, being honest. But <laughs> I'll call you after. <laughs> yeah, Bly, I'll hit you up. Bly will hit you up. <laughs> yeah, man, that's my film. So Legend. you're sacrificing John Graham. I'm mad, but it makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense though, doesn't it? I could have said loads of people, but you know, that's someone who yeah. springs to mind. And I think it's because it's relative to what we've all discussed as well. You know what I mean? But loads yeah. of legends of, of dance that I could shout out and people that, you know. But I think he's someone for everyone. Do you know what I mean? He's not just a someone to me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think he's been someone to a lot of people, and I don't think he even knows. I think he's that sick, and I've told him a thousand times. So mm. I'll, I'll <laughs> message him after this, and I'm yeah, let him know that he's going to the aliens, and it's my fault. You've 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 been sacrificed. <laughs> Stars, <laughs> pack your bags. Your time's up now. <laughs> don't, don't forget your favorite dance shoes, um, yeah. bro. Thank you so much. I've had the best time. Is there anything you you want to? throw out there for people to do besides uh, watch the movie download yeah just it, check out a tale it. to tell man yeah and uh support each other you know this is a rough time i think this is the time to come together if anyone's got ideas shout them out to your friends because you never know who might be on board to just make something happen so it doesn't matter what it action. is dance action movie that was the trailer yeah, trailer. I got gave you the sound effects and everything. No, but that's all good, man. It's been a blessing talking to you. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm glad we finally made it happen. Oh, uh, mate, I think we could do another four episodes if you're up for it because we didn't actually talk that much dance stuff either. So I felt like we could I know, keep I, going I forever. So, I was so intrigued about your film. That's sick, though. I like, I'm glad, man. I'm glad like you actually took the time to watch it for one, and then yeah, get to talk about it because it's, it's relevant now. So yeah, bro. But yeah, we'll, we'll be back in it. You know where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, man. We'll we'll do we'll do a, a part two. Sick, my guy. Because people listening to us ramble for four hours, they might be four hours. I'll be here forever, forever, forever. 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 (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, forever, (laughs) everyone. I will put the links to everything, Glenn, aka Pulse Murphy, in the bio of the podcast. Please go and check it out. Support, super proud of you, bro. My respect, keep being you, keep being awesome. If if Twist ever gets injured, let me know. Oh, I'll holler at you. Don't worry. I can step in. Look. Oh, oh, yep. Hitting them shapes. That's how we roll. Cobra. The audience can't <laughs> see it, but if they saw it, yeah. then, oh. they, they can feel it. That's what it's about, remember? Can, nah, yeah, yeah, sick. It's feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my G. All right, I'll, uh, take care, man. I'll message All you the best, man. Safe, bro. Yeah, yeah. All the best. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Internet's podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends and family. One love. Peace. The Internet's podcast with your host, Kane.